really think that strong or fit is the new beautiful? A little over 100 years ago, nobody even knew about diet and exercise, and now it's on the forefront of everyone's mind. What in the world happened? Well, in today's video, I'm going to go over the history of dieting, and I promise you, once you watch this, you're never going to look at dieting and exercising the same. So let's start with a rundown on the history of dieting so you can better understand exactly where it is that diets came from. In the 1800s, a large body was seen as a sign of health and fertility. Weight was not as important as just maintaining an hourglass shape, and there were no widespread diet regimens or exercise programs to achieve this figure. Oh no, this was a time where corsets were used regularly to make women appear more narrow at the waist and to enhance the size of their breasts. Up until the 1850s, there weren't really any preservable foods, and obviously around this time, there were absolutely zero flavor additives and artificial ingredients in our food. But many believe that it was around the 1850s when the idea of modern dieting was first introduced. Reverend Sylvester Graham was a New Jersey preacher that invented what is believed to be the first diet food, the graham cracker. The graham cracker was made from flour that was unsifted and didn't have additives unlike the refined flour used in the white bread that was becoming more popular in the middle class around this time. Graham believed in a strict vegetarian diet and saw diet primarily as a means to control sexual urges. Clearly this guy was the life of every party. Unlike Graham, William Banting was from England and he was interested in diet for the same reason as most dieters today are. He wanted to just lose some weight. In 1863, he wrote a pamphlet called Letter on Corpulence Addressed to the Public. His diet plan that was based on advice given to him by a doctor had him eating four meals a day, consisting of protein, greens, fruits, and dry wine. On this diet, it was advocated to avoid starch and sugars, while high-fat options like milk, butter, and meat were all permitted. This was pretty much the first low-carb diet and was the precursor to the modern Atkins diet that I'm sure you've all heard of. However, dieting didn't really catch on then because Banting's findings were looked down on because they lacked scientific evidence. Fast forward to the 1890s and actress Lillian Russell was the most celebrated beautiful woman of the era, weighing in at 200 pounds. So even though you had a couple wacky dieters, most people ignored them during the 19th century. All through the 1800s and definitely the years before that, being heavy and having a large body was respected. It was a sign that you were wealthy and had enough money to afford enough food to hit a higher weight. Basically, it was full-out, permanent bro-bulking season. Then in 1910, Paris designers created the slim sheath dresses and declared that breasts were out. Next, the 1920s brought about the era of the flat-chested, slim-hipped flapper. So this is when the first real dieting craze of the 20th century began. Flappers and many others started following the hay diet, which claimed to work by separating food into three different groups, alkaline, acidic, and neutral, and urged people to not combine acidic and alkaline foods. This diet was also known as the food combining diet, and even though it was very popular in the 1920s, in more modern peer-reviewed clinical trials, there was no benefit found from the diet in terms of weight loss. In the 1950s and the 60s, curvy, full-figured shapes like Marilyn Monroe and Jane Mansfield were what women began aspiring to. Then in 1967, British model Twiggy came into the picture and changed the dieting world forever. She was 5'6", a size 0, and weighed 91 pounds. 
Remember, Marilyn Monroe was a symbol of feminine beauty right before Twiggy, and she was 5'5", weighing in at 140 pounds and reached as high as a size 12. Twiggy was the flame that lit the fire that caused the diet industry to explode. In the 1960s, there were tons of new diets introduced, including the Drinking Man's Diet, Weight Watchers, and the first artificial sweeteners were used in diet sodas. But my absolute favorite is the Jiggle Machine, which promised to jiggle the fat away. The Jiggle Machine is like the biggest insult to the whole fitness world, and in my book, it ranks highest in useless fat loss products. Seriously, this thing might be the only product out there more useless than body wraps and the shake weight, except body wraps and shake weights are still around and being used today. Anyway, moving on to the 70s and the 80s, models gradually became taller, thinner, and began to show toned muscle definition. Also, breasts, after half a century, finally made a comeback. In the early 90s, Kate Moss's body was what was considered beautiful and brought with her the super skinny look. In the late 90s, models were tall and very thin, with no visible body fat, and their muscles were highly defined by hours of working out. Now in the 21st century, we have higher and higher standards for what an ideal human body should look like. And these standards are applied mostly to women who they impact the most. Sure, we have male models, but most guys don't care as much and are not quite as affected by marketing efforts and people in general telling them what they should look like. Unfortunately, the same cannot be said for most women. Today, eating disorders is at an all-time high. Both obesity and anorexia are common, and obesity rates are absolutely soaring. And we have new adages and expressions like skinny isn't beautiful, strong is. Usually this quote is printed over the top of a jack-ripped woman with a photoshopped six-pack. After all the examples that I just gave you, can't you see that this is just another phase? And who the heck knows what the next one's going to be, but one thing that I'll tell you for sure, a hundred years from now, we'll look back at women that define our modern culture's beauty the same way that we now look back at Lillian Russell and her ridiculous hat collection. Look, the point of me making this video was not to shoot myself in the foot. I believe in fitness. I freaking live fitness every day. Follow my Snapchat. You'll see me working out every single day. But I don't work out for the way I look. I truly never have and never will. It's a great bonus, but I work out because working out makes me feel amazing. Exercise empowers me to have more control over my physical body. It helps keep me in a happy state and helps keep my stress levels low. I eat naturally clean foods because it removes my brain fog helps me think clearer, feel better, function better, and helps keep me healthy. Compare that with most people that quit eating and exercising if they don't hit their goal weight in two weeks. Maybe it's time we start focusing on how eating clean and exercising makes us feel rather than how it makes us look. After all, if there's one thing that this video proves, it's the fact that no one knows what the hell a perfect human body is supposed to look like. That's it guys, I really hope that you enjoyed this video. If you enjoyed this video, make sure that you subscribe to my channel where you could view more videos and tips just like this one. Also, if you enjoyed this video, make sure that you hit the thumbs up button, give it a big thumbs up, and comment down below. And if you'd like to work with me or one of my trainers online, or if you'd just like to find out more information about me and what it is that I do, you could visit my website. Thanks for watching. I'll see you guys next time.